0: Father, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that you are God and are sovereign and are in complete control. You have the whole world in your hands. And so, Lord, I know that there are relationships here that are recognizing their need for you. And, Lord, I just pray that you touch their lives move in their relationships. Draw them closer to yourself. Lord, I I know that there are also families here who have just recognized their desperate need of you. Lord, so I I pray that you touch their heart, move in their lives. Lord, I ask that you would illuminate the scripture into our hearts, that we would see you as big as you are, that we would love you like you love you. We would glorify you like you glorify you. That we would recognize that the purpose of our lives is to bring you glory. And that for our joy. So Lord, I pray that you would move in this place. Touch every moment, every heart, every family, every child, every every circumstance, every issue represented here that you would move in such a way that we would not be able to deny the power of the living God that it would be like pancreatic cancer being shriveled up to nothing that it would be miraculous and we would have no other recourse but to give you great praise and glory for we do pray jesus name amen and amen all right let's get to it this is going to be a lot of fun all right i want you to put your thinking caps on because we're gonna we're gonna sort of mine through the next two weeks especially oh not just the next two weeks for the next few months it's going to be a it's going to be really cool mining so it's just going to be a lot of fun i really want you to um put your thinking caps on one of the great things that you can do if you want to kind of prepare yourself for sundays and not just prepare yourself for Sunday, but just walk throughout the week thinking of god just start reading the book of galatians right i think it takes probably as much time probably takes less time to read the book of galatians than it does um the sports section on your newspaper and so it's pretty cool it's not that big of a book you can probably read it in a half hour or less um, if you're a slow reader like me, it takes about a half hour. If you read like most of you guys, it probably takes 15 minutes. But um, j- just get into it, get because God will speak to you. It's, it's powerful. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to read God's Word, and then I'll explain to you how we got here, just in case to catch you all up. Okay. Um, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Then, at, now this is Paul, let me just say this. This is Paul speaking. Paul has just described in chapter 1, All that he was defending the gospel, he was saying, "Listen, guys, these Paul is writing the letter to the Galatians because some false brothers, some people who professed to be Christians, came in around the the church that the churches that Paul had planted and started with a different kind of equation. In fact, let's do this now." They started with a different kind of equation so that uh, the people in Galatia got the wrong answer. They, they, they got confused. Now, I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, true story, when I was a kid, um, uh, when I was going to school and the teacher was trying to explain zero to us. Do you ever remember when your teacher tried to explain zero to you? It's It's nothing. You mean, um, if you have like one trillion minus one trillion, then you get, like if you take everything off the world, it's not, no, that would be you know, nothing. Like try to explain nothing to a bunch of second graders or first graders, I can't remember. And she, we got to the point where it was about addition and subtraction. And she said, and this was fascinating. This is going to be fascinating. Are you excited? Because I'm going to give you a math lesson. This is very exciting, okay? So she, what she would say is that Anything, pick a number. Somebody pick any number at all. Five minus zero would equal, and that just blew me away. I couldn't understand it. And then she would say, if you want to do the opposite, you can go five plus zero, and it would equal the same answer. It just blew me away. Zero blew me away. Pick another number. Go ahead, try 13,000, right? Because that's where we were going, right? Because we couldn't get it. We couldn't get it as little kids. We would pick bigger and bigger numbers, thinking that if you just picked a bigger number, something would change if you added or subtracted. It doesn't matter. It would equal the same thing. We could not get the concept that zero means you add nothing, you take away nothing nothing you multiply nothing you, you you always if you add or subtract you always and then we would say but what about four million six hundred thousand seventy you know and we would just do that and she would write the number four million six hundred plus or minus zero equals four million six hundred thousand now it took us probably a week to get this concept that it finally dawned on us that about after a week we said, oh, you must be saying that if you add or subtract anything to zero, it'll always equal the number that you added or subtracted to zero. And she was like, you're getting it. We're like, oh, that's revolutionary, right? What does this have to do with the Bible, right? Absolutely nothing. I just thought it was a cool story that I would tell you. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so what Paul is doing is kind of the same thing. What Paul is doing is he's saying, Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. And he tries to get this point across 150,000 different ways in this letter. Now, the reason... That you come back and you go, no, 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 no. But I have to, it's, see, there's different equations that we try to put up. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? That you you think that you'll get closer or farther away from God depending on what you add to Jesus. What are you going to add to Jesus? Now, we all, in our way, add something to Jesus. Jesus, here's a very popular one in this church, plus clean time. equals salvation. And at that point, we go, no, you've got the equation all wrong. You've messed up. You've you've missed the point. Some, Some of us think Jesus plus happiness. I should really ask people how to spell words before I do this. Um, Jesus plus happiness equals salvation. What do you add to Jesus to equal salvation? Now, because I've put it this way, you go, well, of course, it's nothing. I would never add anything to Jesus. I am a prolific understander of the God's Word. And I would only allow my sanctification and my salvation, justification by faith alone, uh, in, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Sola Scriptura is my mantra. It's only by Scripture. And you would get very theological and you would say some things that you didn't understand and things that I probably don't understand. and And you... And you would, but what is it in your life? What is it? What equals salvation to you? Is it Jesus plus clean time? Listen, 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 listen. Do, do, and here's the deal, right? Somebody's going to leave here and say, well, Pastor Edwin said clean time doesn't matter, so glug, 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 right? And then, you know, right? And just like, you know, right? We're talking to our 12 stepers. A lot of us, it's right. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but a bunch of us. Uh, from twelve-step meetings, and we got—I mean, we got every twelve-step. And by the way, we're going to get back to this. We got almost every twelve-step. <laughs> Imagine you, we got O A C A A A N A A. I mean, just like you know, love and sex, We got everything here. It's a sprint. We're all really this. Is, if you come to this church, you are so lucky because we're all really, really messed up, and so you're going to feel you're going to feel right at home, right at home, right. So, so Paul comes back and he says Jesus plus nothing equals salvation and they're like no way no way no way no you got to be good you got to be good because if you're not good my mommy told me that God's going to be angry at me you got to be good no 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 you've got to go to church now do I want you to go to church think about this right I mean do I want to speak to myself no, I want you here, right? I, I got some stuff to share with you. Of course I want you to go to church. Of course I want you to stay clean. Of course I want you to, you know, be good or, and all those other things. But those things do not equal salvation. When we put anything plus Jesus, we come up with the wrong answer. We miss the whole point. Now, how do you know that you are in this sort of category and not in this one how do you know that how do you know that here's how you know if you blow it and i'm talking about like if you've given your heart to jesus now if you don't know jesus you're in a world of mess so just give your heart to jesus i don't even know how to shoot that any straighter like you're just like even if you don't recognize that your life's a mess let me just say that you need jesus you just need Jesus. i, I mean let me see if i can say it another way. Tu necesita a Jesus, okay? You need Jesus. You need him for life, and you need him for the afterlife. You need him, let let me tell you something. You don't need to, watch this, and true as anything else, you're going to die. Like, did you not know that? And I know that that's not pleasant to speak about, but you know you're going to die, right? Like, did you realize that the reason that you keep on putting on weight is because your body's winding down? Well, some of y'all are eating more, but your body is winding down, Right? And because your body's winding down, it's giving you a clue. Gray hairs give me a clue. I was just like, I, I just uh, washed my hair the other day. And you know, guys guys will appreciate this, right? And I, started, I was like, oh my gosh, I see more of my scalp than I've ever seen. So today it's gel. Why? Because I'm not trying to feel that and I'm not trying to share my baldness with you, right? I'm fighting tooth and nail. Just like you, it's cool. Ladies, right? You fight, you fight the aging process tooth and nail, right? That's why the makeup, why, why are the makeup companies so rich, right? Because you are fighting age tooth and nail. You never see an eight-year-old put on makeup, but you see some 38-year-olds put on makeup. Why? Because you don't look eight, do you? Right? Why? Because we're all gonna die. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is important. Everybody goes somewhere when they die everybody and you just get a little bit more a little bit more of what you wanted here on earth if you wanted god, if you wanted to be your own god and you wanted to make your own decisions and you wanted to then you just get a little bit more of that in the in eternity and you get it for forever and if you wanted jesus and you wanted him to let me tell you something When people say, um, God, God wouldn't, you know, God hurls people into, like, this is the vision, right? That God grabs people by the collar and he picks them up and he throws them into hell. And they're like, oh, no, God, don't, you know, and they're falling into the pit of hell. And they're like, "Eh." nobody goes into hell like that. Nobody does. Nobody, watch this. Heaven is being under the authority of God forever. If you belong to Christ, that's the most exciting thing you've ever heard. You mean, God perfectly gives me his, and I perfectly live it out. And the joy and the beauty and the peace and the, I get to experience that in increasing volumes for eternity. You go, yes. You know who goes to hell? People who don't want to be under the authority of God. And you go, and they go to hell, and they stay in hell, never wanting to change their mind. Never. And so there's this idea that we are, you need Jesus. But the way you come about receiving Jesus or experiencing the salvation of Jesus is not the way you grew up. Can I say a really important statement? Everything, if you grew up in America, and unless you went to a really excellent church, everything that you've ever learned about God is wrong. Everything. Like you just, unless you grew up in a spectacular church that emphasized the grace of God, the beauty of God, and the work that He does in your life, and that you cannot add or embellish or improve on the work of God, all you can do is, is, is just submit to the great work that God is doing in your life. Listen to me, everything that you learned about God is wrong. But God isn't, you know, God wouldn't judge me. Eh, you're wrong. But, but God, you know, God wouldn't. You know, listen, everything you learned about God, wrong. And with that kind of introduction, let's look at what the text says. So what the point is, and the point for today's talk, watch this, is Jesus plus nothing, equals salvation. And I'm going to try to get under the radar of your critical thinking, under the radar of your defense mechanisms, under the radar of your, of your sort of walls and blocks, and try to land this truth in the center of your heart. But I'll be honest with you, I've already, I've already understood in my heart that it'll take me years. You'll have to hear this. It'll be like the school situation. You'll have to go through like a process where it's days and days and days. And in some cases, it's years because it's so deeply ingrained in you that this to this message to come through. So Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Now, Paul comes into a situation where guys want to say Jesus plus their religious culture and tradition, namely keeping the law and circumcision. Every guy say, ouch. Yeah, amen. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, we aren't you glad? Aren't you glad we don't, you know, Paul won the fight, right? Because then, you know, okay, let's not go there. So, um Paul is having a moment where he's defending the gospel, the pure that it's Jesus plus nothing. And so he's giving examples to these Galatians that he's writing to. So this is Paul speaking. And if you want to find out all the things that he said, he said it in chapter 1. This is just an extension of what he was saying in chapter 1. Then, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. Paul is eager to explain to these Galatians, uh, these uh, men and women from Galatia, he's eager to explain, no, 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 these other guys, because watch what's happening in the churches of Galatia. Remember, Paul is writing this, the book is called Galatians because Paul is writing to people from Galatia, right? And he, they're saying this. No, 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 you have to add Yes, yes, Jesus died on the cross for you. Yes, yes, Jesus uh, 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 saves you from your sin and saves you from death and hell. Yes, yes, Jesus does that. But now that you're saved by Jesus, now you've got to perform. Now you've got to put on a show for God. Now you've got to come through. Now you've got to be, you've got to, you know, double dutch it. You know, ready to come in? Ready to come in? Okay, I'm ready. Right? Like, now you've got to work it. Now you've got to do it. Now, now you, now you have to be good if you want to keep this salvation. Now you've got to work the steps. Now you've got to have, listen, now you've got to have, this is the most popular one in America. Now, not only Jesus, but you've got to have faith in faith, right, it's, it's what everybody, you know, if you just believed, if you just, listen to me, now, now you got to add something, that's what these false guys are saying, and Paul is arguing against it to these Galatians, and here's what he's saying, then after 14 years, and I remember, so he's telling these people, because I don't want to, I don't want you to go back to that, I don't want you, it's not good news, listen, if all it is is that you have to, if all Christianity is, is that you have to do better in order to please God, just be a Muslim. Please. Like there's a mosque down the block. If 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 all it was was you just getting peace in your life, please go down the block to Hare Krishna. There's a there's like a center of Hare Krishna in the east coast. It's just a block down. Enjoy. But there's more at stake here. There's your soul. And there's the truth about God. And Paul is so adamant about this. He goes, there are some things I just can't let go. Then after, so he talks to them about, talks to them about a trip that he made. To Jerusalem and that he's not less than the other apostles. God revealed it to him. God also taught him. It's, it's Jesus was absolutely in his ministry. So he goes, then after 14, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles. In order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. Paul comes in and he says, listen, guys, I want you to know that I went back to Jerusalem where there was the apostles. And there's these heavy hitters that you guys revere so much and respect. And we all have our heroes, right? So these guys are like heroes of the faith. It's like Peter and John and James. I mean, honestly, you put those three guys together and you got almost the New Testament. You got like almost the whole New Testament. I think with, with the exception of like Hebrews and Matthew. Those are the, the only two books that you have with those guys. Paul, James, Peter, John. Those are your primary authors in the New Testament. Now watch this. This is, he goes, guys, I, I didn't get it from them. I got it from God. But when I shared it with them, I wanted to share it with them to make sure that we weren't, there wasn't a schism here. That there wasn't a divorce being planned. That there wasn't like Paul's Christianity. Ooh, saved by grace, through faith, yay. And then there's this legalistic Christianity, Jewish Christianity. So no, 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 no. It's all, we're all in Christ. This makes the world of difference. This makes the world, let me tell you something. It makes the world a difference of how you relate to God. It makes a world of difference on how you relate to your spouse and your friends. Isn't it true? Listen to me. If you got to perform for God, think about this. If you got to perform for God to make sure that he accepts you, he likes you, he loves you, he rewards you, he's into you. Let me ask you something. What are your relationships like? They got to perform for you, don't they? To make sure that they earn your love. And your attention. And you, listen, I, I can tell how you feel about God by the general way you treat others. Because it's just, this is, has huge practical implications. And so you want you to, watch this. So you want to know what you think about God? If I, if I come into your life and I stay in your life for about three days and I find out that you're a self-centered, selfish, narcissistic person who only looks out for himself and only gets angry at others when they don't uh, meet your needs... I just discovered about something about you and your relationship with God. That you are a self-centered, selfish person who only likes God when he's hooking you up. When he's got you, when he's got, when he puts the money under the table and he says, don't worry about it, nobody's looking. When he, when he, after you've blown, right, you know, right? So your relationship with God is like, right, you don't care about God, right? You have sex outside of marriage, which we, I mean, gosh, how many times do I have to like play this horn, right? Like, okay, don't do it, right? Sex is for married people only, right? And so, so, and I know some of you are new and just got convicted of that. Stick with me for the rest of the sermon. You'll be fine. You'll survive. These other guys have heard this a million times. They survived. You'll survive too. Okay. And so what happens, right? So you get, right? So you, you jump in the sack with Mr. Right now, right? And, and so, And so you jump in the sack with that guy, right? And then what happens, right? You go to the store and, you you know, you miss the month and you just go like that and you get the little $13 deal and you see, you know, you do it and you shake and go, oh God, please be negative. Please be negative. Please be negative. And then you go like that. Why is that the only time you're talking to God? I understand why. I discovered something. I found something. Because you're a self-centered, selfish person. And the way you relate with God is the exact same way you relate with all of your relationships are like that. It's not God on Sundays and life on other days. It's God all the time. Paul is saying, uh, uh, I went to the head honchos, the big dogs, the apostles, and I'm one of them because Jesus met me and he spoke to me. And they're no better than me. And I'm no better than them, as we're going to see in just a couple of seconds. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Now watch this. This is very important. Paul brought Titus up as a case in point. So Paul goes to this, like, you know, this meeting with all these, like, real, you know, guys who are going to project the trajectory of Christianity for the, like, the Holy Spirit is going to use it in a huge way. Paul, Paul meets with these guys and he brings Exhibit A, Titus. Now, you got to understand, if you read history, not the Bible, well, you you understand that Titus had a leadership role in the Bible, but if you read history, because these are real people, did you know that? That you can find them in actual history books. Titus was like, I think, one of the first bishops of a place I can't remember right now. But he was like, you know, he was like a big deal pastor, like, you know. And so he loved Jesus. So Paul goes, and he goes, are you trying to say Titus isn't saved unless he gets his stuff cut off? Are you trying to say, which is pretty much where it's coming down to. I hope you understand this, right? Like we're not missing anything, right? Are you trying to say, Titus, is it? And now watch this. It's, are you trying to say that it's Jesus plus my culture equals salvation? Is that what you're saying? Are, are, Are you, is that what we're, is that where we're going here? That it's Jesus plus being a Jew? Jesus plus the culture we grew up in? Jesus plus, is that, Is that really what we're saying here? Titus did not feel obligated. And this, this word right here uh, is just perfect for it, actually. Some translations, uh, in your translations, put compelled. Titus was not forced to be... Circum- in other words, Titus didn't have to submit to these rules, to these Jesus plus. Titus didn't have to do that. He's giving an example to the Galatian Christians. He's going to look at Titus. We all respect Titus. We all love Titus. it's, It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. That's why, listen, that's why they call it the gospel. You know what gospel means? Good news. It wouldn't be good news It wouldn't be good news if your relationship with Jesus depended on your goodness, your perfection, your, listen, some of us ran out of churches because of that. Listen, the reason that you're here, right, and and tell the truth, right, you went to church when you were a kid, right, but you thought, what did you think, right? You thought, I can't do it, you know, I'm not good enough, and then what did you do? You started to mess around, you started to make mistakes, you started to sin, Then you go and you say, oh, well, they're just a bunch of hypocrites, even though you're doing the sinning and coming to church. And so, but it isn't like till 15 years later that you come back, right? Isn't that your story? Like if I asked for a bunch of raised hands, like your story would be, you know, I went to church and I decided to do it my way. And now I'm back in church because my way stinks, right? Isn't that true? Like that's just your story, right? And so that's my story too. And so Paul is saying, no, 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 I don't want you because it's not good news if we go back to that. Not good, that's why That's why in this church, it, we don't, honestly, you can dress within reason, wh- whichever way you like. Like, you know, I, I, I do my best not to wear suits, right? I do my best not to, you know, why? Because when you come in here, it's not Jesus plus the way you dress. Isn't that, isn't that silly? Jesus plus the kind of hat you have on. Jesus that's a culture that you grew up in. If like you grew up in the big hat culture, right? That every, like you can tell. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it. But it is, it's a culture issue. It's a culture issue. Now watch. Not even Titus, but even Titus who was with me was not forced to be circumcised though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers, Secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into what's that word? Slavery. Slavery. There are brothers, and can I be honest with you? There are some false brothers here. Maybe you, maybe not. And your agenda is where you grew up in. Right, you grew up as a Jehovah's Witness so you bring all that nonsense with you. You grew up as a Mormon and you bring all that nonsense with you. You grew up as a Catholic and you bring all that nonsense with you. You grew up as a Baptist and you bring up all that nonsense with you. You bring up you bring up all this stuff. And you're just a false brother at this point it doesn't mean that you can't come to Christ right now. Listen, some of you people have to repent of your religiosity. And you just that being good makes you a Christian, that your tradition makes you a Christian, that, you know, you should have said, you can't, I, I could tell you stories of why people have left this church. Are you saying that we're not going to sing at the beginning? Well, that's just unbiblical. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. It, it, true story. Like, I wish it was just like a joke. I mean, it's a joke because it's stupid. But like, are you saying that we're not reading out of the King James only come out of here. You're kidding. Don't let the door, you know, just like, are you mad? Have you lost your mind? Like, have we reduced it down to these things? There's no freedom in that. Brothers and sisters, there's no freedom in that. And if you're in that, there's good news for you. Here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus can even save a religious person. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery. To them, and I love this, this might be the most important sentence in the whole Bible. Like this, this honestly, it makes me emotional. To them, we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that for the purpose of, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved with you. So that you here on the corner of Skimmerhorn and Third Avenue would know that God did all the work necessary for you to have a relationship and sustain a relationship with him. That God didn't ask you to jump through hoops, but he jumped on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you could know redemption, so that you could know peace and joy and Jesus, so that you could experience the amazing grace. We didn't back down for a minute. I feel emotional. Let me tell you why I feel emotional about this. A bunch of years ago, it's like 2000, 2000, late 2000, early 2001, Ray and I, we got saved, right, and the way Ray tells the story, he got saved before me, and the way I tell the story, I got saved before him, but just like, you know, you know, Jesus will tell him that he was wrong when we see him, and so, um, and so, I'm okay with it now, but we, we saw all our friends, listen, we had a network of friends, and just, you know, I, I, okay, we were in, an. I can't get specific because it's like, you know, there's traditions and stuff like that, but we were in an anonymous program, right? An anonymous 12-step program. And because and we had, of the life that we had lived, right? Like, you know, did all sorts of just terrible things, right? And we started to go to churches and the churches kept on saying, you know what? You got to leave those rooms. You got to leave those meetings. It's, it's, right? And the churches started saying, you, you You don't need that. You just need our traditions, our values, our culture, right? And we said, no, no, we won't give in to that for a minute. Our friends need Jesus. And if we leave those meetings, how are they ever going to find out about Jesus? It didn't end there, though. We had on the other side of the street friends who were in those meetings, and they said, don't go to the church. You don't need, you just need 12 steps and you just don't, you know, you don't have to get with God. And we didn't back down to those guys. We lost a lot of good, I mean, I lost sponsees. And I said, no. I said, no, you're just as wrong as they are. You're just as wrong as that. Which, by the way, left me with almost no friends. But it was important enough because you are important enough. Somebody better pay the price if you're to show up. Somebody better stand in the gap if you're to hear the gospel. Somebody better stand firm and say, no, 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 no. It's Jesus. And Jesus only. And it's not your culture and it's not your steps. It's Jesus. You're wrong and you're wrong. Listen. And so, and so we, we left our our, our lives in Jesus' hand. Just okay. Don't say, if you don't mind breaking your own anonymity. If you don't mind, I just want you. I just want you to see something really, really neat. If you are either in a twelve step program or or you're um, you were invited by here by someone who was in a you know twelve step program. Just raise your hand, if you don't mind. Let's just look around. Look around. It's a bunch of us. It's a bunch of us. Listen to me. Listen to me. We did not waver. We did not submit to them for an instant. Because you and your freedom and the glory of God for your joy was more important than submitting and compromising on this level. And Paul says, I don't care. It was Peter, and and you know, and of course, there, Paul is not saying that Peter and Paul and John thought this way. He's saying, but he says in the early first chapter, he said, if an angel from heaven came and gave you a different gospel than the one we're sharing with you now, here's what you do. You grab his belt and you grab his collar and you kick him out of the church. You don't allow something like that. Watch this, because it's Jesus and Jesus only. And watch this. And then Jesus starts doing the work inside of you. Like, you know, you go, oh, but I'm not praying enough. Tell Jesus. And he starts doing the work inside of you. Isn't it wonderful when you can't take the credit isn't it wonderful when you just receive the gifts? Isn't it? Every day, I wear stuff that people have given me. I just, like, I bought one item in the last, like, I don't know how many years, maybe a decade. And it's these shoes, actually. Aren't they nice? They're very nice. I got them on sale. Um, and so, I love wearing stuff that people have given me. Now, don't, you know, I don't want you. you know, I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to clean out your closet and come to my house and give me your junk. I don't want that, okay? All right. You know, if you buy it and you think of me, that's nice, but don't give me your junk. All right, so that's not what I'm saying. Here's my point. My point is, there's is a beauty and a wonder and just going, I, if I look nice, it's not because of me. It's because someone loved me enough to give me a gift. Listen to me. If I'm free, it's not because of me. It's because Jesus freed me. And so as I pursue Jesus with all of my heart and submit to him, and he leads me in this direction, and I actually take it. And he leads me in this direction, and I actually take it. Like not, he leads me in this direction, and then I go this direction, and I go, where's my freedom? Duh, you put yourself in bondage. That's why Jesus was leading you this way. And as I continue to live life in that way, I start experiencing a joy, a peace, and a freedom that I've never known. You know what it's called? The gospel. And it's salvation. It's Jesus plus nothing. We didn't submit. Paul would not back down for a second because you're too important. Verse 6. And from those... Mm. Mm. You need to stand up. The person sitting in your seat needs to stand up and stop compromising in the gospel. You need to give yourself away to Jesus. You need to give yourself away to Jesus. You need to just simply, and again, it's not, you need to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't want to give myself away to you. I'd rather do my will and do my things And you can pray, Jesus, would you help me? Would you do that for me? Would you change me? Would you change my desire? I I have a desire for lust. Lord, would you give me a longing for you? I have a desire for uh, uh, selfish acts. Lord, would you give me a longing? The girls are going to come up and they're going to sing this one song, right? And the song goes on and says, I give myself away. I give myself away to you. If I could rewrite the song, I would say, Jesus, gives me the grace to give myself away to him. But that wouldn't sound as cool as this is going to sound. And I just want you to listen to me. I want you to just go, you know what, God? I need to stand in the gap. I need to not give in for a minute because there are brothers and sisters and cousins and aunts and uncles and people that need to hear of the gospel. We're going to stand up. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, I'm going to come back and finish um, this text we're going to sing with our hearts given to the Lord saying God you change me you transform me you help my heart to yield to you because I can't do this on my own I can't give myself away unless you give me the grace to do it I want you to just sing that out to Jesus and say you know what my life isn't my own I belong to you I, because of the grace you've given me, the strength you've given me, the ability you've given me to do this, I'm going to give myself away. We ex- It was, wasn't it? I love that. I love that. Praise God. I agree, and we all do with you. Um, amen. 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 Listen, listen. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. You don't have to be a better spouse. Listen to what this means. You don't have to be a better spouse to come to Jesus. That's Listen, if you're a bad spouse, you can go, Jesus, I bring nothing. Would you make me a better spouse? You see? And then you can't take credit. And then with that kind of gospel, you can't look down on people. You can't look at people, well, look at the, the way they treat them. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be treating my spouse the same way. It's, it's, it, with a gospel like this, listen how important this is. It, Jesus, I need to make more money, and that will give me more. Savage, no. Listen, listen. Jesus, I need more money to provide for my family, to give away to the poor, to, to see your kingdom go forward. Jesus, since I added nothing to my salvation, I can add nothing to my finance. Would you make that happen for me? Do you see... Do you see? Jesus, I'm a bad parent. I know I'm going to be a good parent before I give my heart to Jesus. I wonder if you're getting the point. Jesus, I'm a bad parent. So since I added nothing to my salvation, I can add nothing to my parenthood. Would you make me a better parent? Jesus, I'm promiscuous. I sleep with anybody who tells me I'm attractive. Would you please? I want to live for you. Jesus, since I added nothing to my salvation, I can add nothing to my purity. Would you give me a chastity that I could live with and a joy in that chastity? Because I added nothing to my salvation. I can add nothing to my sanctification. Jesus, would you do it? And then one day, after all the work that you do, I'll be able to sing with a little preface. I'll be able to because you did this work in me, I can give myself away. Because you did this work in me, I can give myself so that, why? So that you can use even me. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. Paul says they didn't add anything because they agreed. Listen, the, the Peter, James, John, they all agreed. It's nothing. It's Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus the way you dress. not Jesus plus your purity. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'll go to church when, when, you know what? I'm just so messed up. I'm going to go to church when I get my act together. No! You've missed the point. It's Jesus, not Jesus plus getting your act together. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I, I curse too much. I shoot up heroin. Then nod out in church. Because it's Jesus. You can't fix yourself. That's the point. If you could, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. And that's the good news. The good news is you're a mess. God is great. And he saves you from your mess. Jesus plus nothing. They added nothing. When they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel, uh, I'm sorry, they added nothing to me. On on the contrary, verse 7, on the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, that's the non-Jewish people, the people outside of their culture that they were fighting um, uh, against. Just as Peter, uh, on the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. It's the same God. It's the same, God. It's the same message. It's To the Jew. listen to me. To the Jews, it was given in their, the way that they could culturally receive it. To the Gentiles, it was given in the way. Now, watch this. So what did we do? We we, we started a church for people in recovery and their friends and their families. And so we started this church and we just thought, you know what? It's to, and if I, let me tell you something. If I was, in, an, in uh, the church that I was, I was in a church just a couple of weeks ago when Gus was bringing, I was in a church and across, uh, the, I don't even know what you call it, you can't call it a street, across the road, across the road, they had a soybean farm. If I was pastoring in a soybean farm, many of the jokes that I say here, I would not say there, right? Because there are different kind of people, right? And I'm, so, I'm just like, you know, I, I'm thinking that the, the, the whole, you know, cut your thing off joke wouldn't go so well over there, right? Like, you know, I just, I I, I don't know. Maybe not so good, right? Why? Because the message you share with people in a way that they can receive it, but you never change the gospel. You never change the gospel. Listen, if you're speaking to somebody about Jesus and they can only speak Spanish, do me a favor, speak Spanish, but don't change the gospel. If you're speaking to someone who speaks Chinese and you're trying to share with them the gospel, do me a favor, speak Chinese, but please, please, don't change the gospel. If you're speaking to people in recovery and their friends and their families and they know nothing but codependency and brokenness and addiction, and do me a favor. Speak their language, but don't change the gospel. Jesus plus nothing. They added nothing. They added nothing. Verse 8. For he who, uh, verse 9, and when James and Cephas, that's Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave me the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. And I love this. I just love this last sentence. Honestly, I wish we had a couple of weeks to just do this one sentence. Watch, listen. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. If you're here, now, I just wanna let you know, just so you can know where I come from, some of you are new, right? Um, As I was pastoring this church this year, I just stopped being homeless this year. Like I was homeless for two years. okay. so uh, I'm saying that because what I'm about to say. Right. I'm not trying to take your money. The shoes got on sale. The vest was given to me. Shirt, I don't know where I got it from, but thank you if you gave it to me. Um, Listen to me. Listen to me. If you live in America. If you live in America and you live in Brooklyn and you live in the poorest part of America and the poorest part of Brooklyn, you are still in the top six richest people in the world. You're still, no, 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 I'm real poor. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. Listen, if you got indoor plumbing, you beat 90% of the world. If you've used a phone in the last week, you've beat over 90%. Of the world. If you've ever slept on a bed or something close to a mattress, you beat over, over 90% of the world has never slept on a mattress, has ever used a phone, and has indoor plumbing. Doesn't exist. Like, you think, like, you know, I joke around with people and I say, I grew up poor. I, I grew up poe, right? I tell people, I grew up poe. We were so poe, we couldn't afford the R, right? And that, that I tell people, that's how poor we were. We were poe. Right. Didn't have a TV, didn't have a telephone, didn't have, you know, the the rent. I don't know how that got paid, you know, and just, you know, we, we had nothing. We had nothing. Right. Still top six richest people in the world. Since Jesus so freely gave to us. We're to give ourselves away. We're to look for the poor. Look for people who are poor and love them, and serve them, and you can't do that because we're self-centered, selfish people who only want what they're looking for, but when you start, when you start internalizing Jesus plus nothing equals salvation, you never look at a a homeless person and say, well, they shouldn't have been smoking crap, or well, they shouldn't have made that decision, or well, they shouldn't have done that, you don't do that, you know what you do, you go like this, you go, I am going to, you don't, and, and I'll be honest with you, I don't give money to um, homeless specifically, I think that in many ways that's like irresponsible. Um, but I, I, you know what we did in this church? We couldn't stand it that we had poor and homeless people around here. So you know what we do? Every other Thursday, because that's all we can afford. We do, I can't, we can't do it every day. And you know, that's the thing. Well, I can't feed everybody. I can't help everybody. I can't give, listen, what can you do? What can you do? Well, we couldn't do it every day. We could do. We used to do it just once a month, on Thursdays, and now it's once every other month. And you know what we do? We invite the homeless and the poor. And we don't, listen. We don't call them. We don't call it a soup kitchen. It's not a soup kitchen. It's our restaurant, and our prices are just happen to be better than everybody else's, right? And we don't listen. We don't cook bologna sandwiches. Honestly, we got like a French gourmet restaurant going on down there and a little Puerto Rican thrown in in there. And it's like, you know, we get ready. Like, what was the, What was the, what did you guys cook? Uh, Pedro? The Italians. the Italians are here, too. Right now. Now, um, Pedro, would you just stand up as a representative of that ministry? See this handsome Puerto Rican dude? This is the handsome Puerto Rican dude who gets. Yeah. Amen. Right. Now watch this. Now watch. This. Right. And that's his wife. Now watch this. Now watch. This. What did you cook last time? chicken soup it was a sancocho you don't know what a sancocho is you gotta come to find out what it is the Puerto Ricans will tell you afterwards The sancocho I've been, tra- I've been telling my wife about sancocho uh, let me not do that because I, I may get in trouble when I do that okay I'll do it anyway I've been telling my wife about sancochos for years and just recently she goes oh look I made you a soup I go no baby this is a sancocho no baby it's a su- okay it's okay it's all right. Um, but watch this. We could, why do we give our best? Why do we spend? Watch this. We don't take a penny from the city. We don't take a penny from it. Why do we, why do we, why do we give our money away like that? Why do we pay? We're people who can't possibly. Because when you've added nothing to a salvation, it does something inside of you. It does something inside of you. It transforms you. It makes you. It goes, wait up then how can I serve others that add nothing to me? How can I bless? And so we don't take any money from everybody. We preach the gospel there too. We share Jesus. And some of you, the reason that you're here is because of that. And I love you and I'm glad that you're here. And I'm grateful that you're, you keep coming back. For real, you keep coming back. And you keep growing in Christ. And don't you ever forget. Listen, only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing. I was eager to do the gospel. It's free. And it makes you look like Jesus. And it makes you look like Jesus. So it's not Jesus, Jesus plus getting my act together or Jesus plus. No, no, no. But because, listen, this is this is the good news about this. Because you're a real mess. And that's, let me tell you something. When you admit that to God, you're, it's like, it's like when um, you know my kids, right? You know they'll they'll run around and they'll have paint in their hands or something, and they'll you know be playing in ways that they shouldn't be playing, and then the paint spill like this unmovable paint spills on the floor, like like the kind that you can't come up right off the floor, and it's it's on the carpet, and you'll never get this off, right? And they go like this, "Papi, I think I did something bad," you know. You think? When we come to our Heavenly Father with something that He already knows, listen, you're on to something with God. When you come to God and finally admit you're an absolute failure with God, that you can't even organize your own life, and if you could organize it, it's just by His grace that you do it, so you might as well say, I have nothing to offer. Jesus plus nothing. When you can come to God like that, you don't look down your noses at people, you don't think you're better than other people, you don't, you don't act like a hypocrite. You, when other people say, "But that guy's a Muslim and you're a Christian, and, and he's a better father than you are," they say that to me, "Of course he is. In a, sense, in a sense, being a Christian admits that I'm a worse father and a worse husband. And a worse, because I don't come to Christ because I'm better. I come to Christ because I have nothing. And he grows me. And I pray you hear that. And from the bottom of my soul, I pray you hear that. I want that so bad for you. I want you to experience the freedom of that so bad. That Jesus, without your permission, died on the cross for you. And Jesus, while you were running from him, sacrificed himself for you, that Jesus gave it all so that you could come with nothing. That's my prayer, that you would receive that. I pray that you receive that. I'm going to pray for you. Father, Lord, there's just, as soon as we step out of here, we are gonna go back on the performance plan. It's just all over. It's in the air we breathe. It's in the it's in the movies we watch, and the books we read, and the, the music we listen to, and it's in the conversations we have. It's in the preachers we hear on TV. It's in everything. Lord, would you convince us that we can't possibly bring anything? And it's so obvious. But would you convince us that we, go, we come with nothing and that you come with everything and that we'll just, we'll just go ahead and receive your great gift. Father, I pray that you would draw us to yourself and that you would give us wisdom on how to live the gospel out. How to live for you. Lord, I, my prayer... Is that we would not only live the gospel out, but we would come to you for everything. Rickless God, I, I'll tell you, I'll confess in front of this sense. group of people, Lord, I'm do just not a good husband. I gotta be a better shepherd. husband. I can't do it, would you be? I want to be a more attentive but father. I wanna right be there to more the for my kids. kids. I'm not. Would but you God do that? Lord, want Lord want I want to be a better pastor. I just want to be able to love your people and 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 nurture them and draw them to you for your glory just not. Lord, I'm not good with my time. Lord, I'm, I'm terrible with my patience. I'm, I'm just... I look at every area of my life, Lord, and it's just a mess. Lord, would you by your power of your gospel? I came to you with nothing. I still have nothing. You still have everything. Would you do the same with everyone? Would you help them to see? Can we come with one? Would you just do the work in us? And when we not use that to manipulate you so that we could stay in sin for longer than you've already removed from us. Would you help us not to lie and manipulate ourselves? Father, I pray that you bring the gospel into the hearts of those that are here, for those that don't know you, for those that have never known you. I pray, oh God, that they would receive the God. They would admit, the I'm a loser, I'm a sinner, I've failed, I've tried to meet the mark and I haven't met the mark. Would you, would you, oh God, save would you make your salvation known rather because you saved them 2,000 years ago? Lord, would you do the work that only you can? And those who have heard the gospel and have received you in your heart, Lord, would you save them from the religion that they walk in? Save them from trying to be good enough. Save them. Help us to walk in love, Jesus. By your grace. And your So we pray. Jesus.